Salvete omnes, welcome to the AP Latin Podcast. The goal of this podcast will be to cover the lines from Caesar's De Bello Gallico and Virgil's Aeneid that are found on the AP Latin curriculum. Each two-part episode will cover a selection of lines from Caesar and Virgil. I will present the Latin and English of the text, providing relevant clarification, background, and cultural information that will help put the readings in their proper context. I encourage you to read along with me as you listen to the Latin and to use the English as a way to check your understanding rather than relying on the English for understanding. Each episode will conclude with some essential questions to consider as you process through the meaning of the text. Parati, eamos. AP Latin Podcast, Episode 13a, De Bello Gallico, Book 5, Chapters 30 to 32. In this episode, the passive voice will be encountered, and you will see that Ambiorix will definitely honor his oath of safe passage. Hac in utramque partem disputatione habita, cum acata primisque ordinibus acriter resisteretur, vincite inquit si ita voltis, Sabinus et id clariore voce, ut magna pars militum exaudiret, neque is sum inquit qui gravissime ex vobis mortis periculo terrear, qui sapient si gravius quid acideret, abste rationem reposcent qui, Si perte liceat, perendino die cum proximis hibernis coniuncti communem cum reliquis belli casum sustineant. Non reiecti et relegati longe abceteris aut ferro aut fame interreant. Consurgitur ex concilio, comprehendunt utrumque et orant ne sua dissensione et pertinacia rem in summum periculum deducant. Facilem esse rem, seu maneant, seu proficiscantur, si modo unum omne sentiant ac probent. Contra in dissensione nullum se salutum perspicera. Res disputatione ad medium noctem perducitur. Tandem dat cata per motus manus, superat sententia sabini. Pronuntiatur prima luce ituros, consumitur vigiliis reliqua pars noctis. Cum sua quisque miles circumspicaret, quid secum portare posset, quid ex instrumento hibernorum relinquere cogeretur. Omnia ex cogitantur, quare nec sine periculo maneatur, et languare militum et vigiliis periculum augeatur. Prima luce sic ex castris proficiscuntur, et quibus eset persuasum, Non ab hoste, sed ab homine amicissimo ambiorige concilium datum, longissimo agmine maximisque impedimentis. At hostes postea quam ex nocturno fremitu, vigiliisque de profectione eorum censerunt, collocatis insidiis vipertito in siluis opportuno atque occulto loco, a milibus passum circiter duobus Romanorum adventum expectabant et cum se maior pars agmenis in magnum convalem demisisset, ex utraque parte eus valis subito se ostenderunt novissimosque premora, et primos prohibera ascensu, atque iniquissimo nostris loco proilium committera coeperunt. After this argument had been held on each side, when it was being resisted fiercely by Cotta and the first ranks, Sabinus says, Win if you so want to, and with a louder voice, so that a large part of the soldiers would hear, 
nor am I the type of person who out of you would most seriously be afraid by the danger of death. These men will have sense. If anything more serious will have happened, they will demand a rationale from you, who, if it would be permitted by you, having been joined on the day after tomorrow with the nearest winter camp, they would endure the common misfortune of war with the rest. Nor, having been rejected and removed far from the rest, would they die by sword or famine. There is a standing up from the council. They seize each one and beg that they not, by their dissension and stubbornness, draw the matter into the greatest danger. That the matter is easy whether they should stay or depart, if only they would all feel and approve one thing. On the other hand, in dissension they see no safety. The matter is prolonged in disputation to the middle of the night. Finally, Cotta, thoroughly upset, gives up his hands. The opinion of Sabinus wins. It is announced that they will go at first light. The remaining part of the night is consumed in sleeplessness, since each soldier was looking around at his own things, what he would be able to carry with himself, what of the equipment of the winter camp he would be forced to leave behind. Everything is thought out, why it could not be remained without danger, and why the danger would be increased by the fatigue and sleeplessness of the soldiers. At first light, they set out from the camp in such a way that it were persuaded to them not by an enemy, but that the plan had been given by a very friendly man in Ambiorix in a very long marching line and with the greatest baggage. But the enemy, after they realized about their departure from the nighttime noise and sleeplessness, after ambushes had been set in place in two places in the woods in an opportune and hidden place around two miles away, they awaited the arrival of the Romans. And when the greater part of the marching line had sent itself down into a large valley, from each side of that valley suddenly they revealed themselves and began to press those furthest back and to prevent the front from an ascent and to join battle in a very unfavorable place for our men. This section concludes the late night debate about what to do in response to Ambiorix's message. Sabinus, to cover over the fact that he has the weaker argument and is losing, raises his voice so that all the soldiers near the meeting can hear, making it clear that when they stay and bad things happen, Cotta will be the one to blame, not him. After the rest of the council begs the two legati to get along and make a decision, Cotta finally throws up his hands and gives up. The rest of the night is spent frantically packing the camp to leave at first light, everyone deciding what to take and what they had to leave. Caesar implies that they pack pretty much everything, and despite Sabinus's warning that their one hope for safety was Caleritas, they leave the camp in the morning in a large, heavily laden, slow-moving marching line. Caesar constructs the description of the end of the debate and the nighttime pack-up in a very particular way. He uses the passive voice or passive forms very frequently. Consurgitur, proficiscantur, perducitur, pronuntiatur, consumitur, cogeretur, excogitantur, maneatur, algeatur, proficiscuntur, eset persuasum, and datum are all passive or deponent forms occurring inside of these twelve lines. So why does Caesar write the passage in this way, even going to the extent of making the episode awkward to read because there's so many passive forms? The answer to this question lies in understanding what point he is trying to make about the way the Romans are acting. By using so many passive and deponent forms, Caesar is highlighting the reactionary way the camp has responded to Ambiorix's message. Rather than actively addressing the threat that is present at their gates at the moment, the Romans are passively reacting to the rumors of a threat, and those rumors coming from the very enemy sitting in front of them. Without openly condemning the choices of the camp and of the commanders, Caesar makes it very clear that he believes the camp is reacting wrongly by the way that he chooses to construct the passage. 
Meanwhile, Caesar the narrator takes us into the mind of the enemy as they figure out that the Romans have taken the bait, place ambushes in strategic spots, and wait. And as the Roman marching column enters a large valley, the Gauls spring their ambush, which we will hear about next time. As we close out the episode, here are some essential questions to consider. How does Sabinus attempt to compensate for the weakness of his argument? Why does Kata eventually give up his side of the argument? Do you think that the pleas from the council to stop disagreeing and come to an agreement played a role in its decision? Does the overnight behavior of the soldiers strike you as disciplined and organized or not? Does this reflect on their leadership? What factors contributed to making the situation more dangerous for the Romans than it already was? Gratias ago pro auscultando, valete.